What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of 100% Real with Alex. Today, we have a very special guest. My man has closed 60 plus million dollars of real estate. He is a team leader. He had, he's been in the year, uh, business for about three years now, and he looks damn good in his suit. My man, Fernando, welcome. Thank you so much for, for, <laughs> Thanks, for, for being on this. Um, we, got, we had a chance to actually connect a little bit before actually making this episode. And I was like really inspired by his story because it was like really down to earth. He's a really, seems like a really down to earth guy. Um, so, I mean, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit about where you're coming from, uh, a little bit about how you got started in the business? Yeah, yeah. So, um, my name is Fernando Racinos with the Weicker Realtors Madison Pierce team based out of East Meadow. I've been in the business for three years now, which is awesome. not that long of a time, you know. Uh, started from the ground zero, you know, I had no parents in real estate. I literally started from doing, you know, I guess like uh, the very uh, basic building blocks for real estate, you know, cold calling, door knocking. Uh, wasn't easy, you know, but uh, we fast forward now three years later down the line and here we are today and build a team. Uh, it's been a great experience. <laughs> it's it's awesome, been a man. roller coaster, a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, man, for sure. And I, um, what what we really connected on was literally our entrepreneurial mindset. Like, um, yeah. I know you had a really cool story coming up. Like, literally, like you you always kind of leaned on being an entrepreneur. You want to tell a little bit about your come up story and how how like you kind of got into like, okay, I really know I like sales. I want to kind of continue with this. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you could really stem it back to like when I was a kid, you know, and I can, you know, I kind of touched base on that, like the little run-ins and trouble I ran into as a kid growing up. Um, parents, you know, migrated from El Salvador, escaping the Civil War at the time. They came here as kids. They're small business owners nowadays. They still run their small businesses, but it was always like that entrepreneurial mindset that was instilled into me as a very young kid. Um, and back to kind of like that story you and I had talked about, you know, when I was in middle school, I had kicked out, I got kicked out of public school. Because during the time, you know, I was selling uh, stuff that I wasn't supposed to be selling, you know. Uh, full disclosure, I was selling fake weed and people were buying it, you know. So I was like maybe 10, 11 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. I realized I had like, a, I guess, a niche for sales. And then I, I enjoyed it, you know. I was 10, 11 years old, maybe making like 150 to $200 a week. And I enjoyed it, you know. Eventually, I got caught, got kicked out of school. But then I realized that, like, I enjoyed sales. I enjoyed, um, I understood the entire process, you know, the supply and demand if you will. And uh, yeah, I mean, fast forward, you know, I went to college. I majored in, at a poli-sci major and a minor in business and ended up dropping out. You know, I did not finish it. Uh, not that it, I didn't enjoy it. You know, just it, it wasn't for me. It wasn't the route that I wanted to take. Mm-hmm. Did three, four years of school, uh, dropped out. I was in a pretty bad position, a bad place at that time. And that's actually when I took a trip to, to Spain. You know, I, I went away for like a couple of months. Uh, being there, you know, no family. I connected with a family friend who was an entrepreneur, a self-made guy too. Similar story. Dropped out of school. Uh, I started a business from the ground up, and just kind of relating and putting myself in a circle with the people who were who whose stories I could relate to. It just like opened up my mindset to like, hey, you know, like I need to find something. You know, I I enjoyed sales. Uh, I understand it. So let me pursue a career into that. And real estate just really wasn't the first thing that clicked. You know. Yeah. Um, when I had Kyle back from Spain, like I was helping my parents kind of like just reamp their businesses. You know, my mom, she has a, she has a small med, med spa. My dad, he's a contractor, he's a construction business. So I kind of like trying to implement whatever ideas I came back with from Spain into their businesses now. Um, then eventually after some time, that's actually when I met my broker, who was a friend of my mother's at the time and still is. And again, real estate just wasn't the first thing on my mind. You know, I always had this misconception of real estate agents that, we're kind of like car salesperson. Yeah. Um, 
my parents used to flip homes back in 06, 07 before the crash. Mm. So that's kind of like, I guess, where I got my first real taste of real estate, you know, because I would go and help them when they were doing the flips. Uh, long story short, they actually lost a lot of properties because 2008, no one was buying properties. They had bought, they had over leveraged some of these properties. They rather lost uh, a few of them. I think one or two of them actually foreclosed, but it was, it was a shit show, honestly. It was, it was pretty bad. Um, and some of the agents that they had worked with, you know, I remember them complaining like, oh, they hustled us out of money. And around that time, I mean, mortgage brokers and some real estate agents, I guess, weren't really doing the correct things that they were supposed to be doing. So again, back to the point, it just really wasn't the, the first thing that I wanted to do real estate, you know? So after meeting the right people and connecting with the right people, I kind of like realized the different things that you can do in real estate because real estate is such a vast world, you know, it's not just sales. There's so much to it. There's different things that you can do to it. And again, I enjoy the people to people relationships, kind of like you and Alex, you know, we're building a relationship. We get along, you know, we can relate on different things, you know, and it's that aspect of real estate is what I enjoy. You know, it's not a regular nine to five. It's not like the same routine, you know, each day is different in real estate. It's, it's a constant roller coaster, never ending. And I really did enjoy that, you know, and I, I guess I've enjoyed that high from it that I started building momentum into my business, you know. Um, I started just building my team last year and it's, it's been great so far. You know, we're, we're growing a team, uh, expanding my business. And again, it's, it's been a joyful ride. I'm enjoying it. I love it. I'm here for the next 30 plus years, you know. Yeah, man. Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't plan on retiring anytime soon either. Um, another thing that we kind of related on too, that we kind of both, um, obviously like, you know, I feel like a lot of successful people, they, they go into college thinking it's one thing and then they kind of drop out because they're like, oh, you know, I'm not actually learning what I, I thought I would be learning is you're kind of just regurgitating information. Um, in yeah. regards to education in, uh, actually, before I go into the education of what you kind of focused on to build yourself in, in real estate, um, I just wanted to ask, like, when you, you used to do retail, right? So you did retail sales yeah. before. Um, yeah. You worked at, because uh, I worked at Michael Kors. Where was it that you worked at? So I first started off at Best Buy when I was 18. And then from Best Buy, I moved into commission sales at Nordstrom. And then after Nordstrom, I moved into Bloomingdale's. But I always did enjoy sales. It was, it was sales. It's really what it was, retail sales. Yeah. So in regards to um, what was some of the biggest lessons you learned in regards to, to selling um, in, with those jobs? would you say? Oh, so, so retail, like it's, it's one of those things that I recommend everyone to do it. You know, it gets you out of your bubble. I used to be a very shy kid growing up. You know, I posted a few words at a very small group of friends. I never really came out of my shell, I guess. Um, but working in retail, it's like, you kind of have to communicate with people. And that's one of the, the skills that I was able to build uh, starting at Best Buy, my first shop, uh, building relationships, connecting with people, you know, learning how to listen to people and listen to what their, their concerns and whatnot, their wants and needs. And again, Best Buy is where I started off. Uh, and just to kind of, I guess, dig deeper into the Best Buy story, because that's really where my whole sales uh, training really came from. Um, I was doing, uh, working at the mobile department in Best Buy at the time. And I wasn't really there for that long of a time. Uh, I think I was there for maybe like a year or a little bit under a year. But uh, yeah, so I was working in the mobile department, selling cell phones, cell phone plans and everything. And I really understood my product, what it is that I was selling. And I made sure it's making my job to understand because if I'm going to be selling people. I want to make sure that whatever I'm selling, I understand it. And I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed learning about all the new technology that was coming out. I enjoyed learning about the different uh, cell phone plans. And around that time is kind of when they introduced the, uh, when they were switching from the two year, you know, your two year plan over to the leasing plan, which mm -hmm. is, I guess, the more common thing now, if you, you don't want to buy a cell phone outright. So I was kind of, I guess, part of that initial force that introduced uh, leasing cell phones into Long Island. And I was number one in the district for some time, you know. Um, eventually, when I told my manager at the time that I was leaving, I was going to go over to Nordstrom because it was commission. You know, I enjoyed sales. I understood it. 
the offered me a raise, you know, but even then, again, I, I was 18 at the time of raise, I guess, I mean, it wouldn't have been the same had I switched over to commission, you know, because I realized how much more my numbers were. I realized that I understood what I'm, what I was doing. I enjoyed it too. So then it just made sense for me to go into commission sales. And then that's when I actually went into Nordstrom yeah. and, uh, I, I did. I, I was killing it while I was there. You know. I was yeah, man. I love. I love that because there was a couple of points you said. You said you understood the product, right? So you understood yeah. what what you were selling, right? And you believed in the product. I feel yeah. like something that um, a lot of new agents kind of struggle with, especially yeah. in, like they don't really understand the process fully, but they they're in it because they think it's just about the money. You and if you have to actually believe in the real estate, believe in it as an investment, as a a way to wealth. Um, I feel yeah. like once you truly believe it, then you're, then it's going to be so much easier to sell because it's something that you're really passionate about, you know? Oh, 1000%. Yeah. yeah. So I really love that, that you touched on that point. So, and also I, I noticed that you also kind of learned a little about, about negotiating what you're worth there. Right. So like, yeah. you're like oh, I got to get commission or whatever, maybe. And then they offered you to raise and you kind of turned that away because you're like, Hey, I know I can, I can, you know, step up in, in the commission yeah. game rather than being just paid hourly with a little bit of commission or little bonuses here and there. I love that. Correct. So let, let's, um, let's get into like when your first year in real estate, right? So I know my first year I went negative 8,000. I was struggling really hard and I actually had to get a retail job uh, to support my real estate habit. That's what I like to call it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so tell me a little bit about your, your first year in real estate. Um, some of your, your ups, your downs, um, your biggest struggles during that, during that time. Yeah. Yeah, so certainly. first year in real estate, I mean, I, I, I lost more deals than I closed deals in my first uh, my first year. And I'm not sure exactly how much in the negative I was, but I spent a lot of money in like ads, you know, I spent money on ads, um, driving all over Long Island, you know, working with buyers and sellers and whatnot. And I was so close to the point where I almost got dropped out of the business, you know, because I wasn't seeing the money. I wasn't seeing the returns on the amount of time that I was putting into my business. Um, I was licensed 2017, but I didn't jump into real estate full-time until 2018. Um, it was like new year, you know, it was like new year, new me type of thing, you know, the same BS that we all say, you know, but I was like, I actually believed it, you know, let me jump into real estate. Let me give this a try full-time. Um, I got a listing within like the first month or so. I closed three, three transactions in my first uh, two months in real estate. Um, one of them was a refer. One of them was a referral from my broker, which uh, eventually that led onto more reciprocal uh, business that came from it. But those are like the only deals I got done my first year. I did a total of five deals, but I got that initial high from it. I was like, okay, I can do this, you know? And then I wasn't listening to my broker's advice at the time. I was like, okay, I felt a little arrogant, you know, after closing like two, three deals, which wasn't much. Got my first listing. I got a few other listings that I was working uh, so much so to the point, I think four or five months in, I was at about uh, three closed deals and I had four deals, uh, two listings and I had two buyer contracts and then all four of those actually fell through like the same week like literally okay. simultaneously like back to back and then that's kind of where I got that reality check it's like oh shit like this really isn't that easy you know um I didn't know how to save these deals uh and then some of these circumstances or things that are just out of your hands uh that initial listing I had I had it for a whole year got to sell a full asking price and then he, all of a sudden he just didn't want to sell anymore you know and it's like, oh my God, like, what am I supposed to do at this point? You know, so that's kind of where I got my first taste of reality. And aside from that, I was working with buyers like endlessly my first year, which I, I think most agents work buyers. I highly recommend work buyers as a new agent. Um, it helps you understand the markets. You know, you have to do your due, due diligence whenever you're researching homes for buyers. Also, when you're driving out to these areas, it's not the same when you just look at them online. 
versus when you actually drive out there, you understand the homes, you know, you understand what the areas are like, and it kind of gives you like a better concept of what Long Island really is like. So my first year, I was just going around with a whole bunch of buyers, you know, whether they were approved or not, um, I just took them out for joy rides, you know, I was even a chauffeur for some of these buyers at that time, you know, which was something that I don't frown upon, but it's not something that I would, I would do now. Uh, Cause again, I did waste a lot of time. You know, I, I was crashing, I was burning out. Uh, I was burnt my first year, you know, after losing yeah. multiple deals, yeah. um, working with buyers who weren't pre-approved buyers who just wanted to look at homes, you know, and cause I wasn't doing the proper due diligence up front. And it was so much so to the point after my first year, I was like, listen, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I spoke to my brother, I was like, Hey, like, I, I think I, I can't do this whole time anymore. I might just have to get another job. Um, I spoke I thought, to my parents I about that's it. That's so funny. Cause I feel like after, after my first year as well, like that first year, I thought about quitting, like maybe like, I don't know, like 20 times. Like at once, at one point I was like, this is not for me. What am I doing? I'm wasting all my savings. Yeah, it's like, not easy, like, man. Yeah, there's definitely a huge learning curve. And I, I love what you said in regards to like working with buyers. Obviously, I was working with buyers too. And I was yeah. literally a chauffeur. I was like Batman. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like anytime that signal went out, like I was like, I'll show it to you tonight. Oh, yeah. I was like kind of scheduling <laughs> the, the, same, the same day. And obviously, it's not the smartest way of going about it. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure during that first year of running around, you learned a lot, right? Like, oh, I learned a ton. ton. Yeah. yeah. I knew that like qualifying, qualifying was like a thing that I had to learn. Right. Like I couldn't yeah. just be nice on the phone. I had to actually like build these relationships, but actually be strategic um, in regards to like from your first year where because you, you hit the ground running. To be honest with you, I would have loved to yeah. get two deals in contract and, and get a listing. I think it took me like six months to get my first listing, um, just door knocking in the neighborhood or whatever. Um, after you got your first couple of deals in the pipeline, I know you said you it kind of went straight down and then yeah. you took off again. Uh, what was that pivotal moment, right? Like, I felt like my pivotal moment was like, after the first year, like I was like midway through my, like maybe two or three months into my second year where I was like, I'm going to do this on my dad, right? Like, I'm going to, I need to make this work. There's no excuse. There's no, you know, yeah. other, other way. And I was really like, I'm going to make it work, right? Like that was kind of like my mindset. I had like this pivotal moment where I was like, I was, I used to listen to a lot of um, like Tony Robbins tapes and all these different like yeah. that poor dad audio books while I was at the stock at Michael Kors, like unpacking bags, like this is not going to yeah. be forever. I don't want, I don't want to do this. So I put myself in such an immense pain that it kind of like pushed me to, to like close a bunch of deals. And like, I literally went from negative 8,000 to like 50,000 to making like 200,000, like the, the year, well, hundred something thousand and 200,000 the next year and so on and so forth. But like, what was your catalyst? Like, what was your things? Like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to do this or, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm flowing. Was it just New Year's or was there like a moment where it's like, that was that? No, no. It, it, after my first year, you know, going into my second year, I guess my whole mindset did change, you know. Uh, I guess like most agents, one of my initial, I guess, mindset and goals when I first started, I was just to make money, you know, as opposed to, I guess, like truly understanding real estate and kind of like giving people value. Mm -hmm. Going into my second year, you know, my whole mindset changed, you know, and that's kind of where I was like listening more to my broker and like the advice he was giving me at the time, you know, and it's like, just try to build the relationships with people, you know, try to give people actual value, you know, as opposed to just chasing your next deal, or just chasing a quick buck, which um, I, a lot of agents who I've spoken to, that's kind of, or even people reach out to me nowadays, like, yeah, I want to make a lot of money, you know, I want to get into real estate, I know you can make a lot of money in it, and don't get me wrong, you can make a lot of money in real estate, but it's like, you got to build those, that foundation to start, you know, so I guess my pivotal moment was, after my first year, you know, I, I had no plan B, it's like, I got to make this work, you know, and it's like, I've spoken to people who kind of have like, 
backup or, or uh, fallback jobs, you know, or, or maybe like a safety net that's there carrying them. For me, it's like, I got to make this work or, you know, there's no, there's no plan B, you know, let's make this work. Um, after all the L's that I took my first year, going into my second year, you know, I kind of had a different mindset. My whole approach towards working with buyers themselves and people in general, you know, it's like offering advice and like true advice and help wherever I, I can help, you know, and that's still kind of my motto today. You know, it's like, I'll speak to people and whether they choose to work with me or not, you know, I'm going to give as much value as possible. And I'm going to try to help you out as much as possible. And that whole switch in mindset from the first year, from just focusing on the money and just start to focus on actually building relationships and adding value to people. That's kind of what changed my, my entire business, you know, and it's it's kind of what I've been thriving on right now. hundred percent. No, I think that's, that's a, that's amazing. uh, Cause this, this business is all people, right? At the end of the day, Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. How much value you can actually add. And I think, one of the biggest uh, hurdles for me to jump over was making myself a resource, right? Yeah. Um, one thing that I started doing that really did help a lot was I started connecting with attorneys. I started connecting with other professionals that are in the like field, you can say, uh, yeah. where I can provide their services, whether they were paying me a referral fee or not. Um, I was like, I want to be thought of as that person, right? The person that yeah. no matter what, even if I'm not getting paid off of it, I'm going to help you. You can always call me and I can be that person that connects you. I, I always yeah. want the real estate plug, right? I always wanted to become the real estate plug. That's <laughs> fine. Cause that was my, my IG, like not my handle, but it was like on my IG bio before, like your local Long Island real estate plug. Again, same thing. You know, I went to add value, even if they didn't work with me, you know, or if I didn't get any monetary gain from it my thing is always to add value to people, you know, and building long lasting relationships, whether you're a buyer or seller, whether you're a professional, real estate uh, attorney, mortgage person, or even other agents, you know, I'm all about these relationships. And it's like, your business really can 10 X the moment you start building these relationships they are crucial for your business. And listen, you don't know everything, you know, it's like, if you could take just a few things from here and there, it's going to just build your momentum and it's just going to keep building you as a real estate agent, you know, so yeah. networking is, is key and uh the relationships aspect of it i think it's it should be the main foundation for real estate honestly yeah um, building relationships yeah definitely and going back like I, I i love that you keep saying that like being coachable right like i felt like yeah. once you kind of uh, admit that you don't know or you you don't have to read like you don't have, in this industry you do not have to reinvent the wheel right and i always was that right. type of person because i'm a very big self-starter and i know that you are too i was trying to do everything myself but literally i went I, I came up with this whole process in regards to how I worked with my buyers by year two. But then I went to this coaching, um, Sweat Hogs coaching, and found out okay. that they, they already made this system and they had it like already running. I could have literally went there once, learned the yeah. whole process without actually creating this whole system myself, thinking that I'm like, you know, super unique in that, right? No. Um, you don't have to reinvent it and being coachable, especially Not when sure. you're coming into it, is super, super important. Um, so before you said you were spending money on like advertising things like that yeah um so i'm assuming with zillow premier agent uh i i tried zillow to start off and i just i hated it initially you know and then i tried um like sometimes you know how we get like those email ads sometimes like post your ads here or whatnot i was doing that uh i did i think it was um like a local newspaper or something like that Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't even the front page or the back page. It was like one of the middle pages, you know, because <laughs> I, I was starting out, you know, I, I wanted to get my name out as much as possible. So I was kind of trying like the old traditional uh, marketing. So I, I did pay for some marketing and I didn't really see anything come from it. Not that I am against it, you know, just after a while and fast forward to where we are now, it's just, it's not something that I would do, you know, yeah. pay for ads like that. So how are you currently obtaining your business? 
uh, right now, for the most part, it's strictly through referrals. Uh, Instagram's bringing me in clients as well now, social media. Um, my, uh, what's it called, the sphere of influence. Like that's, that's one of the things that I focus on and all the agents that are coming onto my team now. I just, I'm like, listen, your sphere of influence, you know, even if, if they don't want to do anything right now, doesn't mean they're not going to want to do anything in the future. You know, just make sure you're constantly staying around those people. Cause even if they're not looking to buy or sell, you never know who's relative or who, whose friend is looking to do something in real estate. So sphere of influence, uh, social media, um, cold calling I still do as well but I guess to any agent who's starting out you know me personally I hated cold calling when I started out and I hated door knocking I did it a few times you know I had a door closed on me once I had someone yell at me uh, okay. a couple of times when I started out it's like fuck I hated it you know but uh to any agent who's starting out like your sphere of influence that's key and that's what's still bringing me business in now you know the relationships I built uh with my past clients I keep in touch with everyone you know every client I don't just treat them as clients I kind of create friendships and relationships with them you know and that alone in itself has been bringing me so much referral business with some past clients. I think it's legit, you know, it's, it's, it's sporadically just grown like that, you know. Um, back to that, one of the first deals I closed when I first started out in the business, uh, it was a first time home buyer. They reached out to me because they wanted to buy a house. We were about to go into contract. The house at the time was like 550. Uh, a, a week later after we did the home inspection, right before they signed the contract, they like, listen, like this isn't the house for us, you know. And it was my first deal. I was like so upset, I was like devastated, you know. I've shown them multiple homes. We were about to go on the contract on this deal. And all of a sudden, they don't want to move forward. Turns out they didn't want to move forward because now the father wanted to help them. and was going to give them monies for to buy a bigger house, you know. So I was able to be part of that process. You know, I sit them, assisted them with the purchase. And they ended up buying close to a million-dollar property uh, as opposed to the 550. But I built that relationship with those buyers to the point where now I'm like the agent for the entire family. You know, I think we've done over a million dollars of deals now. And anytime they need anything, you know, uh, they've always reached out to me. And it's like that relationship and that constant referral business that I've built through past clients that just keeps growing and growing, you know, to the point that now I had to start building a team where I was getting a lot of business from friends, referrals, I mean, you name it, you know, and I'm not paying for ads. Uh, again, not that I'm against it, but just focusing on building the relationships again, you know, it's, it's been key to my business and just growing it from that point on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then for those of you who are like younger that might not have like a strong sphere of influence that can always be built, right? Like it's not something yeah, that 100%. like, you know what I'm saying? Like your sphere is anybody that you can connect with. Right. So sometimes yeah. friends of friends, right. That you have, like, you just have to kind of think a little grandiose when it comes to like, okay, yeah. how can I be the mayor of my town? Or like, how can I, how can I like make connections in my building? I used to um as well like literally stand outside my building when i was doing nothing and like just hang out and then just try to strike up conversations with anyone in my building because i wanted yeah. to, to know everyone in my building right that's awesome <laughs> yeah so that's like that's literally all you have to do i used to call it um was it is this a co-op or a condo so uh, one of my okay. agents um i used to like have them go to co-ops and condos and like is this a co-op or a condo to whoever and like left the building yeah. and then just strike up a conversation and then your goal was to strike up a conversation strong enough that, you know, you could potentially ask for their number and just get really uncomfortable with like being able to ask for that, right? After having a conversation, yeah. right? Or at least giving them a card or whatever it may be. But yeah, I love that that you've been, you know, striking the sphere of influence. Obviously we pay for ads, but you know, that's something because we're trying to build like, you know, past our just sphere of influence. We're trying to build a lot. Yeah, yeah, correct. You, you have to once you're trying to get to that but point. But you, you know, like I was actually just talking to one of my agents today 
that like how how can I get into thing like into business without like I don't really have a, a sphere of influence. I was like, first thing you do is just go to, like host an open house, like find a mentor, yeah. find someone, host the open house there, and just build connection with the the neighbors and the the make a relationship with whoever comes through that door that doesn't have an agent, right? And it's right. as simple as that. Now you're starting to build your sphere of influence. If you continuously add value to them, you can definitely make it happen. So, um, yeah. you know, obviously you started tasting success in your, your first, your second year. Um, when did you know it was time to start building your team, right? Like when were you like, okay, I'm going to start building a team now? Yeah. So it was at a point where I was getting a lot of leads and a lot of referrals from, again, from my sphere of influence from past clients. Uh, and I was just getting a lot of different phone calls, you know, through and people messaging me through Facebook, Instagram, and it got to the point where it's like, all right. I'm not dedicating enough time to all the clients. I, I do like dedicating time whenever I take on a new client, uh, whether it be a buyer or seller. You know, I dedicate my full time. I'm available to them 24-7. Um, again, it got to the point where it's like I just couldn't keep track of all the business that was coming in, you know. So there was buyers who I met, I spoke to uh, two days or three days. I didn't speak to them. Now they find a house through another agent that wasn't through me, you know. So it's like, I was just realizing that I was starting to lose business at that point where it's like, okay, I need to start building a team, you know, an extension of myself. Cause I just, I can't do it by myself, you know, especially when you are working with a lot of buyers, uh, cause they still do work with a lot of buyers. It's like, it's a lot more hands-on and you're doing a lot more, uh, you know, researching for homes, looking up homes, you know, scheduling homes, like all that it's time consuming. So it got to the point where it's like, I just, I was losing buyers to other agents or they were going somewhere else. Cause they felt like they weren't getting my full attention and time. So then that's when I really realized that I, I needed to start growing a team, you know, and then um, we're at currently, I think, six agents. It should be, I think, nine agents by the end of this month. I have a few friends who are getting licensed and everything. Um, but again, you know, it's to the point where I realized that I needed to grow a team because I just couldn't sustain all that business and all those leads that was never coming in by myself. All right. Awesome. Awesome. And then, um, so like, what what would you say is like one thing that you provide to your team that like, you know, um, really helps them hit the ground running like because I know for a fact like for us obviously they have access to us we're, we're like giving away everything all the time what, yeah. what, what is um one thing that you feel like you provide to your agents that kind of helps them spark that 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 sprint in the beginning so they can start seeing success right away do you hand off leads or like what do you do yeah, so I, I definitely do do hand out leads you know I have them come with me to the open houses uh, I also do provide the one-on-one trainings like I tell them everything that I did, you know, because I mean, your best lessons as a real estate agent are the losses or the, the L's that you take when you start off. Mm -hmm. um, from real estate school, you learn, I guess, just the, the bare minimum when you're taking your real estate courses. So it's like, for me, it's been living and learning. That's really how I've learned everything, all the ins and outs, you know, all the mistakes, all the downturns I've had in the business. So with all the new agents that I'm taking on, that's really what I provide to them. I'm avail available to them 24 seven. You know, last night I was on, the, on a phone call for like an hour with one of our new agents from like 10 to 11 PM. You know, I want them to feel like they have access to me and I, I enjoy this business. I understand it. I get it. I love it. So I want to make sure that they have that same passion for it, you know? So I do hand off leads. I have them post open houses with me. Uh, we do training. Sometimes my broker, he likes doing sometimes what's called, uh, we do like cold calling sessions at times, um, zoom calls. I mean, I guess like, you know, just basic one-on-one -on -one so they feel like they have all the support that they need. Um, again, I'm always available to them. So that's awesome. anything that they need. Cool, cool, cool. And um, so so let's let's make it like general in general. If, if somebody was to join the, the industry tomorrow, right? Like fresh, like just passed their exam, right? So they're, they're, they're trying to get into real estate. What would be one piece of advice that you would give them um, like just starting out? 
Like, what, what, keep it general. Yeah, <laughs> How yeah, much advice do you give them? Anybody. Um, general, would I would say is join the right team or join a team that kind of like mimics, uh, I guess, your aspirations or is doing the kind of the things that you want to do. Um, I think that's really crucial. And, you know, I'm making sure that it's a broker who's actually there or a team leader that's actually going to be there. You know, when I first got licensed, I met with, uh, I think it was four or five different brokers in total. Some offered higher commission splits. And although a higher commission split may sound enticing in the beginning, you're not going to last in the business long enough if you're not getting the proper training from the very beginning. You know, So the one thing I will always recommend to anyone who asks me like, hey, like I want to get into real estate, what should I do is, choose a team that's going to provide value to you. And it's going to truly help you build that foundation that you need. You know, um, yeah. don't just go for the brokerage that's going to offer you the most uh, split commission. Cause again, you're going to crash and burn in your first few months. You know, it doesn't matter if they're giving you 90% or even hundred percent of your commission. You know, if you're not getting uh, the proper training from the beginning. So joining the right team is definitely, uh, I think the most important part uh, for anyone who's looking to get in the business. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when, when picking a team or picking a brokerage, the first thing like is definitely fi finding out what that va what the values of that team really is, right? Like what are they trying to accomplish? What are they trying yeah. to do? And if that aligns with you, you guys are going to be, you know, crushing it, no problem, right? Uh, obviously, yeah, the training has to be provided as well. Obviously, so they, you're yeah. getting access to, you know, hours of training because the first year is the hardest, I think. Um, yeah. Like it's basically starting a new business, yeah. right? exactly it's essentially what it is you know you're starting a business from the ground up and that's what i tell all my agents you know uh when you get into real estate you know look at look at it as if you're starting your own business from the ground up you know don't look at it you're joining a company because it's it's not really like you are joining a company even if you are associated with a brokerage you still have to treat it as if it's your own business you know and it's like it's not a nine to five you know legit requires your uh, attention to it 24 seven, you know, and if you approach it with that mentality, I think you'll succeed in this business. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, there, there definitely has to be that, um, that like, know that nobody's going to be on top of you. You're going to have to kind of come up yeah. with, with your own game plan and your own strategies and things of that nature. Um, so question I always ask everybody, right. Yeah. Um, what were some books or some trainings that you were taking during that time that you're making your paradigm shift where you're actually starting to taste success was there any like specific book or specific training that you kind of uh embraced to actually help you in your success yeah i mean there was a few books i think the one that i i personally feel like really did help me out was um i forget the name of it it's like how to win friends and influence people influence people yeah that book was insane like just reading it understanding it it kind of like it, just, it made sense and I was able to apply that into real estate because I mean again back to what we were talking about before relationships you know and just truly understanding people and just listening to what people want you know and it's like people will tell you what it is that they want you know whether it's a buyer seller or whoever you know they'll, they'll always tell you what it is that they're looking for what it is that they want to do and it's like you just got to understand them uh, be able to listen to them and kind of like digest what it is that they're telling you that book was crucial for me. Uh, other than that, I mean, I was listening to a few different uh, podcasts as well. One that I would always listen to like religiously in the mornings, you know, I would have coffee and listen to this podcast. It was uh, the Andy Frisella podcast, you know, he drops a lot of F-bombs in it. So, I mean, <laughs> some people are, you know, aren't okay with like constant F-bombs, but again, with me, I enjoyed it because it, it was raw. You know, I, I, I didn't like listening to the podcast where I kind of felt cuddled, you know, or I kind of wanted something that would be raw, you know, that wasn't uh, sugar-coated, you know, something that was like straight to the point. Mm -hmm. um, 
and again, like his story was like a story that I was able to relate to, you know, again, starting from the ground zero, uh, building your business from the ground up. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely recommend that podcast and that book for anyone who's in the business. 100%. I feel like uh, one book for me personally was The 4-Hour Workweek. Um, okay. Because there was a, have you read that one? By Tim no, Frank? no, I have not. Gotcha. It's a, re- it's a really good book. Um, I feel like that one was when I was burning out. So I was spending so much time on like running around without like processes. And I felt like that book kind of opened me up to like, oh, I got to create processes. And then once I create these processes, then I can have automation, right? Yeah. So it helped me develop more relationships because I was qualifying better and I was like, you know, dealing with all these leads coming in a lot better than I was before. So, I mean, that's definitely good. I, I read the book, that, um, How to Win Friends and uh, Influence People. It's an yeah. amazing book. I think it, it should be on every entrepreneur's um, yeah. anyone who has to do sales I think that's like the go-to book uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad I feel like I've gotten a lot yeah a lot of people yeah. read that one that's another one too yeah man and then there's the other one uh is it by Napoleon Hill oh yeah yeah that one's good too um but I think out of those three the one I like the most was the how to win friends and influence people again because it just it comes down to building the relationships understanding people and uh Overall, it's just, it's a great book again for any entrepreneur. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, for those of you guys who, who want to connect with you, um, where, where, where can they go to, to get your information? Um, do you want to share like your Instagram handle and your like website, things of that nature? Yeah. yeah. You can reach out to me on Instagram. Like I'm always posting on Instagram. I'm huge, like on posting on Instagram and I tell all my new agents, like, listen, create an Instagram, post something at least once a day, you know, whether it's a post or a story, just post something just so people constantly, start associating yourself with uh, real estate, you know? Um, but yeah, anyone who wants to connect with me, uh, it's going to be through my Instagram. It's uh, Fernando, my first name, two underscores. So Fernando underscore underscore realtor. And that's my IG handle. So if you want to follow me, feel free. Uh, any agents or even if you're working with another company, if you want to connect with me and have any questions or concerns, like just shoot me a DM, you know, like I'm always willing to help out or just lend a hand or just give you my two cents or anything uh, you might need uh, help with. Or if you even need referrals, you know, if you need um, attorneys or whatever it is, you know, just feel free to reach out. I'm yeah. always available. Yeah, you seem like a very, like I said, like from from when we first spoke, I feel like you're such a genuine guy. So definitely reach out to him. Um, again, the, uh, 100% Real is brought to you by Design for Agents and e-commerce geared to making sure that realtors have everything they need in order to succeed in real estate, whether it be organizing or running Facebook ads or learning. Um, you can go there to definitely check that out. And again, my name is Alexander Fazolani. Um, I'm excited to do a follow-up, man, because you're still young in this business. I can't wait to see where you're going to be in eight years, right? Like, yeah. where, where are we going to be in eight years? Like, are I don't we, know, man. <laughs> that's going to be insane. So I'm, I'm very excited to see. I'm uh, looking forward to it, though, yeah. Impression, man. Thank you so much for, for coming and taking time. Yeah, to thank you, man. Everyone, really appreciate it, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, bro. Take care.